cards still a thing? Oh my gosh, I hope because that's one thing that's come up recently. I, I think it's industry dependent, though. I feel like I've been to some events. Like, have you got a business card? I'm like, hmm, no. How about you take out your phone? And we, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of online places that we can connect. But yeah, I don't want to sound so dismissive, but. I haven't printed a, a business card in like how many years? Yeah, no, same. I haven't used a business card in thankfully a very long time. However, I do, I can't think of an event I've ever been to where I haven't been handed one. Mm. So this is apparently still a thing for people. Yeah. You know what I think is so interesting too, especially over the past couple of years, and this is kind of, I, I guess maybe one of the flip sides to the whole due to COVID thing is like, I feel like QR codes are back. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Kate. Oh, I love your jacket so much. I know I already said that, but friends, you got to check this jacket Nicole's wearing. It is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's reversible. So I did a little flash of the inside (laughs) just for your viewing pleasure, Kate. (laughs) I think that is so cool. A reversible jacket. How smart. I know, right? So I'm feeling very fancy this morning. How are you doing, lady? It's been a week since we caught up. Yes, I am doing great. I have dove into, as you know, a 100-day goal challenge that I'm leading (sighs) on my podcast, Kate's Take. And I'm so excited about it. I'm feeling like I'm feeling great about it. Oh, you should. I was so happy to have you in my ear. I went for a walk on Monday and I saw that you'd launched it. Season eight of Kate's Take, 100 Day Goal Challenge. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. You prolific podcaster, you. And so I put I put you in my ear and I felt like, oh, I'm with Kate. I'm hanging out with Kate right now. I binged your first six episodes. And what a great, great service to people. To, yeah. yeah. I'm, I know goal setting is something that people struggle with so much. And when I kind of put two and two together that there's 100 days left in the year, I thought, okay, I can either take action on this, not overthink it and not talk myself out of it and just start or I cannot do it and then probably wish that I would have done it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) Um, So I'm posting every day for 100 days and just talking about a different topic every day, help people stay on track with their goals. We've got a a private Facebook group. Um, So it's been really awesome. Actually, today, you probably haven't had a chance to listen to today's episode. Wait, I'm trying to, you know... Time zones confuse me so much. But anyways, if you you haven't heard it yet, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard it yet, it's about the power of conversations. And I talk about Nicole and Kate can relate. Oh, I can't wait to check that out. 
Yeah, it was a really fun episode. And I have to admit, I used a little bit of our intro and I read your intro part (laughs) and I was like, oh, so this is what it feels like to read that part. (laughs) (laughs) We should do a swap seas. Oh, that's so awesome. No, I I love it. I think it's funny because in your life you might have friends, family, you know, people that are close to you that you hear them talking about like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, they've got plans, they've got ambitions. And then so often it's like, did you end up doing that thing? Oh yeah, I haven't started Mm yet. And just the way you break it down so simply, and you can understand why people don't follow through with their goals because there is so much to it. Not that it's daunting. Once you understand like and break it down um, and your first three episodes really are just on the money, you realize, okay, this is all I have to do to make it happen. And it's Mm. a shame. I feel, you know, I feel like more people should, should know about it and should, you know, be able to kick their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I feel the exact same way. And that's why I thought like, okay, I have to do this because you're so right. It's really about creating that habit. Um, I recently wrote an outline for an an upcoming episode that's going to be about James Clear and his, you know, amazing habits framework and and the four uh, like cycles or steps to that. So um, I'm excited because yeah, I, I agree. I do think that when people kind of see it laid out so simply that they realize all you have to do is do these, you know, ask these five questions each day and create a time block and like you'll accomplish your goal. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you've just got back from a road trip and you guys were doing a little OzCon recon. OzCon recon. That's right. Recon. I love it. (laughs) Tell us about it. So yes, I was away from the office for an entire week with Omar. We went down to Victoria, which is the state below New South Wales, to an area called Falls Creek. And Mm -hmm. Falls Creek still had a lot of snow, being that it's, you know, late late September, uh, which I feel a lot of people are surprised that Australia has snow, but we do get good snow here. A lot of ski mountains, right? Yeah, yeah. And quite like very big terrain as well. So for for context, Omer and I ran OzCon in August of this year. It's a small event for business founders and it was, it went really great. So we want to plan next year. So we went on this road trip. It was the first time we took the Tesla all the way and drove for like 11 hours. Um, So, so many learning experiences from this trip, not just for planning OzCon, but also to go on like a road trip with an electric car for the first time was so much fun. Did you guys ever have any moments where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, we need a charging station like an hour ago? No, that's the thing. It's like it it plans out, it maps out your whole um, route and the route, as you guys would say, and uh, (laughs) it tells you where the the next uh, charging stations are, what percentage of battery you'll be at and how much you'll need to even just how long you'll need at that station to get to the next destination. And it's just, you know, the smart, I know. And just the, so much respect for like the whole network, the Tesla network, the way it's, this is such an ad for Tesla, but I just, (laughs) such a a plug because I just love it so much. And what the other thing too is really cool is the community aspect of it. Like when you're at these charging stations, you'll start talking to other people who've stopped by and started (laughs) charging. And it's it's really nice. Like you make friends. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, the vehicle of getting us to get, help us get there. And um, uh-huh. yeah, we had the goal to plan next year's event and 
mission accomplished and then some because we ended up planning 2024 as well. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you get like, are, are you going to, I don't want there to be like any spoiler alerts here. I don't know if you guys are kind of like holding back any of this oh. info, but <laughs> is it going to be at the same place, both yours, or did you find two separate locations? So it's a very interesting question. I don't know if revenge travel is a thing in the States, but it's in full force here. I don't know what that means. Well, people after, I think after COVID have been itching to start traveling again. And what we found on this trip was that so many people had started traveling, were traveling and so places were a lot busier than expected. Uh, So because they've been able to travel again, they've started, they've booked already the following year. So a lot of the places we wanted to book and earmarked for next year's event were already booked out. Mm, Wow. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that's wild. I know, I know. And I think it's a combination too. I don't know if you're finding this in the States. I think business, it's quite interesting what's what's happened because there is reduced capacity. And we talked about it before. Sure. With There's reduced uh-huh. capacity. And so coupled with that, a, a coupled with a, a demand for like tourism and services like this, um, you know, this, the, businesses are kind of struggling to meet the demand. So, so not to give too much away, we will have a different location, but it will be for 2024. So, we are fortunate enough to go back to the same location um, and we've, you know, leveled up the event a little bit, but we'll be going back in 2023 to the same location. Awesome. And do you expect, okay, real quick, friends, this is somewhat on topic for today's conversation. (laughs) So that's why I I like sitting on it for a while. And just a heads up, we're going to be doing an entire dedicated episode to planning your own retreat or mastermind or event that's going to be coming up, uh, you know, maybe in a few weeks, maybe a couple months. We'll see what happens with our production schedule. Um, but we are going to be talking about conferences today. So this is related. Okay. So I have one more question before we dive in, Nicole. How many attendees do you expect from this year to be repeat attendees for next year? Is that a thing? Yes, awesome. it's, surpri- it's surprising, but we've already had previous attendees um, raise their hand and they're in for next year as well. So, yay. yay. Oh my gosh. And I I mean, I already know you and Omar plan the most incredible events. So lucky for those who get a seat at this retreat. Aww. So I'm excited for today's topic. Again, it's all about conferences and networking. Mm -hmm. Um, And because Nicole and I both recently attended several conferences, our experience is super fresh. uh, We're going to be chatting about expectations, disappointments, and of course, wearing comfortable clothes. (laughs) (laughs) A very important point, right? Oh my gosh, huge. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like from attending conferences and events, there are so many things that you kind of like learn, quote unquote, like in the field or on the ground or however Mm -hmm. you want to say it (laughs) to where like after a conference, I feel like I need to keep a running list of things that I've learned so that the next conference I go to, I can not make that same mistake again. Um, like a few that are off the top of my head are definitely the comfortable clothes thing. Um, always bring a jacket because conference centers are freezing. Don't wear high heels if you are leaving the room in the morning and not coming back like for any breaks in between because I've gotten so many blisters that way. Mm. Um, I, ha- I have so many more. We're going to be talking about all of these, right? But what? let's start with what conferences have you recently attended 
I'm just curious, like the the breadth of this. So if we look at the scope of like conferences, um, let's say just this year, mm-hmm. like how many conferences would you say you've attended? And have you like traveled quite far for those? Are you jumping in a car and it's just like a quick trip or give me a, a conference rundown for you guys? Well, unlike previous years and pre-pandemic or pre-pandy, as I've heard someone refer to it uh, <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> I, we used to travel so much for conferences. Like conferences are a big part of our kind of work life. Um, the latest event we went to, so it's interesting, conferences, retreats, masterminds, live events. I feel like they all have their unique um, definitions. Yeah. Um, so most, most recently we went to a live event run by Dale and, and Catherine Beaumont Business Blueprint. So Dale and Catherine that here at Australia have an awesome, awesome program for business um, owners and they run a live event for their members. And um, similar to when Omar and I were part of SAS Academy, so we're part of a program and then, you know, there's there's a live event for those members. So went to that recently. Again, incredible to see uh, how much, like, when a conference is really well organized or a live event is well organized and there's so much attention to detail, I I have so much appreciation for that. Um, So that was like one event recently. And then the most, most recent was not a business event. It was the Festival of Dangerous Ideas here in Sydney, which is the first time I've heard about this event. So it was so much fun to go to a non-business related event. And um, I went to a talk that had was a live recording of a Radio National program called The Minefield. And um, I listened to a talk called Contempt is Corroding Democracy. So, oh, yeah. So oh, that that's a whole other topic that I want us to talk about one day because I learned so much. So I know that I think you've been traveling much more for conferences this year. I think in Australia, we've been a little bit more homebound. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about this several times, though, too. I just think that uh, the nature of our businesses and such that there's a lot, there are plentiful opportunities in the States. Um, you know, you could be at a conference every weekend if you mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, and that, you know, in Australia, I know that there aren't uh, such a plethora of, of events like that. But it, it's so interesting to hear you talk about, even in the two events that you described, like how different uh, the setup of these conferences, events, mastermind summits Mm -hmm. can be, and how that influences or impacts the experience that you have there. So the business blueprint, that was a members only, you said? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even just that, and like when you think about conferences and selecting ones that are aligned with your goals and because I know that I, I myself, and I've heard from so many others there, when you do have plentiful opportunities and so many uh, different events that you might attend, it's really easy to just want to attend them all. But like, that's not really a good idea, right? Because not all of them are going to be beneficial. Uh, and especially when you need to be probably focused on taking action and working and mm. your goals and spending time with your family and all these other things, right? Um, so I think that it's really important in looking at conferences and networking opportunities to be able to say, okay, this is how the event or the the conference is structured. This is the goal that I'm looking to accomplish in attending this. 
is that going to be possible? Mm. Um, and I think that looking at it from, if you're going to a members event, like you're going to get, I think a whole different level of personalization, of customization, of care put into that event mm -hmm. than an event that is being put on. And their main goal is to get as many people in the room as possible. Um, mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I was just kind of thinking of that distinction as you kind of described these different, uh, these two different, and the other event that you said you went to was just like a live on stage thing, you know, that that's like an entertainment purpose thing, right? More so, um, the yeah. The goal is to to make sure that people go and, and they have a good time in that time frame that they're there. And it's different to like maybe a three-day event or something. Yeah, and they want as many people to show up to that event. It's I think the point that you bring up to relates to when it's a members of only event, um, generally the I'm going there for the content versus mm. um, the networking you kind of also brought back all the earlier conferences in my first year years of entrepreneurship where I felt that FOMO of every single conference that was out there that was related to business. I felt the need to show up mm. and be there because it's just what you do, right? You're hungry for the connections and you're hungry for the content as well. But then as you get more experience and more co more conferences under your belt, you realize, okay, I need to set an intention. What am I really, what's my goal for this event? Is it more networking? Um, is it more content? Do I, do I need the information? Uh, I think it could be a bit of both, but, but what do you think? Cause sometimes I do feel like I'm making a decision based on the networking opportunity, the relationships I'm going to potentially form. And we can t talk about that because I've had so many great relationships established from attending a conference versus am I there for learning consumption content? Um, and it would be great if I happen to meet some awesome people and have, you know, great side conversations. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I do agree with you. This kind of reminds me of a, another upcoming topic that we're going to be discussing on the podcast is like tipping the scales from consumption to actually taking action. And I think that there was a, a pretty defined line on my journey where it was like, okay, I kind of feel like my, my goal in going to a conference has shifted a little bit. Like I know mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to, mm, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way. Just like, I kind of know that content. I don't need to go and learn more about that thing, yes. but I want to go because I want to hang out with the people that I know. And I know it's going to be a great event and we're, you know, going to get to hang out and brainstorm and, and go to fun parties together and all that kind of stuff, which is like very tempting, right? That's where yeah. some of that FOMO starts to come into play. But I, I do, uh, I do think that that's such a strong consideration. Um, and, and I do see that when you're earlier on in your journey, that it's kind of like, you just need to go have those experiences so mm -hmm. that you can then be well-informed in making those decisions for the future. Because before you go to a, an event, you don't really know what it's like going there and, and sitting in on the content and how helpful that is for mm -hmm. you. Because not everybody learns well in that um, atmosphere, you know, like so mm -hmm. sometimes it's just too distracting. Sometimes, honestly, sometimes conferences don't have good content. Like yeah. that just happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you really do have to like weigh those scenarios and say like, okay, if I go to this event and I'm expecting to learn something, is it still going to be worth it if I don't 
walk away from it mm-hmm. with like feeling like I got all this great content. Yeah. And then you said, then it comes to like setting intentions of like, okay, I'm going to meet five new people and connect with five mm-hmm. different that's just a random number that I pulled out of my head, but, um, you know, setting those intentions, because I do think you can, it can be life-changing in many ways, the people mm-hmm. that you meet. Like I've got concrete examples of conferences that I've attended. I met one person. I've met lots of people at those conferences, but there's one person that has now become a solid friend, a deep, you know, connection. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that's, yeah, one of those surprise benefits that I think when I went to my first business event, I didn't expect. Like, I think, so you and I met at New Media Expo. That was my yeah. first. <laughs> We'd met offline, but that was the first time we met uh-huh. in person. So prior to that, this is back in 2012, or it was 2013. It was January of 2013. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it vividly because prior to that, I'd just been to conferences for teachers and not to, you know, not to diss the teaching world, but I have to say so many of those conferences were just not very interesting or inspiring to me (laughs) personally, my opinion, maybe I just didn't go go to great ones. And so then when I had the opportunity to go to the first business conference, I was, I felt like a fish out of water. I remember Mm. distinctly not speaking very much and just listening a lot Mm -hmm. because it was the first time that I'd attended and was listening to people talking about their blogs, their podcasts, all these, you know, online businesses. Um, but that was a transformative experience because I I met a lot of people and yeah, I met you. Yeah, I, re- I remember New Media Expo so well. And I also remember feeling like I was going there with kind of this, uh, I have no idea what to expect. I learned so much at that event because previously the only events that I had attended to your point were as an employee of a company, like a Mm -hmm. company was sending me there, you know, kind of like with these marching orders. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you felt this way in the teaching world, maybe it was a little bit different because as a teacher, maybe you did feel kind of a little bit of control over your, uh, you know, curriculum or, or, you know, being able to choose what you were going to learn. But in my experience, when I was sent as an employee, it was like, you need to go and learn this and come back and be able to do that for our clients. So it was like, it was very prescribed, right? Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to an event and thinking like, I'm just going to have an open mind and I'm going to meet people and this networking is going to be great. And I'm going to go to the parties and like, no, I would go and I'd like sit in these freezing cold conference rooms, trying to like learn something. And then I go back to my hotel, like stressed out that I didn't learn enough. And then I would go home. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's such a good point. That's the thing. I think maybe it was that element um, of that. It's so prescribed. That's that pressure of like, I've got to come back and have something to show for it at the school Mm -hmm. or what I learned. Like there was that pressure added to it as well versus I think the whole new world of, you know, entrepreneurship and all all these different content creators uh, just felt so freeing and liberating and fun and the party aspect. Like I don't think there was ever a party 
at a teaching mm. conference that I attended. Yeah. <laughs> it was the lunch that was just during the break, right? Oh man, I think there's teachers I think the, getting crazy at lunchtime. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's so much opportunity to really make these events probably a lot more fun. Um, mm. Maybe they have evolved since I left. I don't know. Yeah, but that's interesting. I mean, what do you think is like the best part of going to these events for you? Like, what makes an event fun in your mind? Oh, there's. You know, at heart, I am a learner. So I do tend to want to learn something new and feel like if I hear a talk that is so memorable that I and, and I can think of so many conferences that I've been to where I've remembered even just one line from a talk that was given. Mm. And I think, wow, that's pretty impactful. Right. So I love I love learning. But the. Those side conversations or the the people that I've managed to meet at the conferences, I think now those are the things that stand out as the as the best thing that's come out of these events when I've gone. Yeah, yeah, I I feel the same in terms of like uh, I I actually uh, gosh, unless the person speaking on stage is someone that I know or I followed their work before, I have a really hard time getting into a lot of the content myself. Mm. But I agree that the side conversations, the the people that you meet in the hallway, um, all of those networking opportunities, the after hours type stuff, like I have so much fun doing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, which is ironic in some ways because I do consider myself quite an introvert. Mm-hmm. And in the very beginning, of course, a lot of that felt like very overwhelming and very uncomfortable. Um, now I feel like I just have to be super conscious of how I'm going into that because I can get exhausted and wiped out really fast. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of like sets me up for failure for like the rest of my time or my day. I mean, my day specifically. So like if I go to a conference, I am spending a lot of time depending on the conference, but you know, typically we try and go to conferences where we know that like our audience is going to be there so that we get that engagement and that connection, that communication with our audience and with members who are parts of our community and stuff like that. So we do end up spending a lot of time out in the hallway, talking with people, seeing people we haven't seen, you know, since the last year at that conference or whatever, maybe that we've never met before. We only know them from online. And, and I know myself that if I don't build in times where I'm like able to go back to my room or I'm able to go sit down and have an actual meal, um, I will burn out like really quickly at Mm. these events. Is there, um, like, I'm just thinking of, I I wish I would have known that in the very beginning, because I kind of learned that through burning out at events. And Mm. New Media Expo is a perfect example. I went home from that conference and was sick for like two weeks. I was just out. Um, and, and so I kind of learned it the hard way, but like, do you find yourself doing that of kind of like setting up your days where you know that there's a point where you're going to have to either head back to your room, take a break or hundred percent. I, I think the exhaustion and the, the draining of energy is very much a real thing that you have to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think as you get more experienced, yeah, you learn to to manage uh, your day. And you made me think too about the difference of being an attendee and being a speaker too, because if, mm. as soon as and that's a, a that's a, a different uh, shift as well in, in over the years that happens when you start to get asked to be to be a speaker, and then the conversations and the amount of co- the expectation of interacting with attendees and the people that want to come up and talk to you. I'm sure you've, you've, you've this happens all the time with you guys. Um, you know, there is an expectation that you're going to engage a lot more with people. Um, and so that further, you have to even be more conscious of how you manage yeah. your energy so that you don't, you don't come back sick. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, in the early days, I remember making things like even just the way you schedule a flight, um, mm. getting there at a certain time. And then there's a pre kind of event. Um, and then the next day the conference starts and you're like, okay, that probably wasn't so smart because I've, I'm actually quite jet lagged, especially if you're coming from Australia, I have no energy. I've been on a 15 hour flight and I'm now have to be switched on and, and bubbly yeah. and energetic for a pre-event dinner and then, you know, be on the next morning. That's pretty hectic too. So mm-hmm. being very mindful. Yeah. I, I, I think that all of that, it's like, it's, it's almost like it starts before you've even chosen the conference. Like it starts with understanding, like, is this the right conference for me? And I think that having conversations with other people who you know, who might have attended that event in the past, like someone who could honestly say to you, like, you know what, it's a great event, but I really don't think that it's going to be super beneficial for where you're at in your business right now or the goals that you have set. Or maybe like, yes, it's a great event. You're going to meet so many amazing people. And if that's your goal, then, you know, you're able to make that decision from there. And then it's like, once you have made the decision of whether or not you're attending that conference, all the scheduling that goes into it, to your point, like maybe you get in a day early just so you have that space to recover from jet lag, or maybe you need a work day before you dive into stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're not feeling like pulled by work while you're at the event. I'm a huge fan of always trying to stay wherever the conference is being held. Mm -hmm. Because I find that if you if you do need that break, and you want to go back to your room and your hotel's like four miles away, that it, it just adds like extra work to you trying to not do more work of like, you either got a really long walk ahead of you or <laughs> you're going to be outside waiting for like an Uber or whatever to like go back yep. and forth. And, and then maybe you like end up missing out on sessions or something, you know, it'd be it's so I'm, I'm a huge fan of staying like at the location of the event. That's a good one. Can you think of any other like overarching planning things or preparation things that you do for an event? Those are great tips um, regarding the planning. Um, But one of the things that I'm so mindful of is what we talked about, you you alluded to it at the beginning, what you're going to wear and making sure you're Mm. wearing comfortable clothes and not wearing high heels. Like uh, those little Like I've made so many mistakes like that. And I just thought like, no, I don't want to be tugging at a a jacket at a sleeve at a shirt, um, pulling down a skirt, you know, like all of these things that I just feel like getting, get in the way, get you distracted from like, you know, engaging in the conversations. So I'm super, super mindful. I think the clothes and what you wear, what you pack is so important for the planning. I'm with you on that. I always have like these grandeur thoughts that like, 
I'm going to speak on stage and I'm going to wear like this beautiful dress or like something like that. And then it comes time for it. And I'm like, I know that I'm not going to be comfortable in that. And the last thing I want to be thinking about when I'm on stage trying to present is that I'm uncomfortable in what I'm wearing. So I'm with you. And even as an attendee, I I feel that way as well. Like if you're going to be uncomfortable, it's just, I promise it's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) So not worth it. What about, are there any other hacks? Do you, a business card's still a thing. Because oh that's one thing that's come up not. recently. I, I think it's industry dependent, though. I feel like I've been to some events like, have you got a business card? I'm like, hmm, no. How about you take out your phone? And we, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of online places that we can connect. But yeah, I don't want to sound so dismissive, but I haven't printed a, a business card in like how many years? Yeah, no, same. I haven't used a business card in thankfully a very long time. However, I do, I can't think of an event I've ever been to where I haven't been handed one. Mm -hmm. So this is apparently still a thing for people. Yeah. You know what I think is so interesting too, especially over the past couple of years, and this is kind of, I... I guess maybe one of the flip sides to the whole due to COVID thing is like, I feel like QR codes are back. Yes, that's true. (laughs) And so like I've noticed at a recent conference I was at, I got a couple business cards that had QR codes on them. And I'm just like, oh, look at these people being all like up with the times. Mm, (laughs) Very techy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But it is funny because to me, like I just associate business cards with being in corporate America myself, mm-hmm. that's just a personal association I have with it. And again, like you, I'm not trying to like dismiss a business card. If anybody feels strongly about business cards, you do you. Keep carrying that business card, hand it out. For me personally, I kind of feel like it takes something away from the interaction to just say like, here's my business card as if like, no, let's just connect right now. Like, Let's just have this conversation now. And if you want to follow each other on social media, if you want to shoot me an email, because like, look, chances are, you know, you're going to hand me this business card or even if I was handing you a business card and we're going to walk away and neither of us going to do anything about it. I don't know. Mm, that's it. No, you're right. I think that happens a lot. And, oh, that that could uh, lead into conference etiquette and social etiquette. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I think it comes back to the intention when you know you're going to be meeting people, there's those networking opportunities. How present are you in in those conversations, you right. know, I think sometimes people's goals are to meet as many people as possible versus now after, for me personally, after so many years, I actually really want to have some very deep uh, and meaningful conversations and establish some really um, yeah. great connections. But I, I, I get mm-hmm. it that there's a bit of a mix of both. Do you think since, I don't know if this is the case for you, but in, in Australia, again, we were, due to the pandemic, uh, you know, we, our borders were, were closed and there was obviously a lot less, less travel happening. Um, so a lot of conferences moved online. And so I've been thinking, and I, I might have attended quite a, a few maybe over, over the last two years, I'm drawing a blank, but um, it's become a bit more common. Like for me, when I attend an online conference, I know it's great. I can see all the upside to it and the benefits and how amazing that things could keep going, you know, online. Mm. But I did feel like I wasn't as engaged. I don't know if you've experienced that. Like as soon as we went back in person, oh, that engagement, that connection that happens, like I'm I'm distracted when I'm in front of my computer. 
And I think that that is, uh, I have a really hard time with that. I can't just like be in my regular office settings and be in front of my computer for an entire day, like watching a Zoom room. So I feel the exact mm-hmm. same way. I just don't feel as engaged. If it's like a two or three hour like networking or connection or like a mastermind session or something like that, I do feel like I can get into it. And I actually appreciate that we have Mm -hmm. the flexibility to do something that could be really incredibly powerful and in a short period of time virtually. Because there's more participation, right? Like in that. Yeah, more participation. And it's just like a shorter time frame, you know, like two-ish mm-hmm. hours, two to three hours, like I can do that. But like two days, you know, jump online at like eight in the morning and then like we're going to eat lunch together and we're going to have happy hour together. But like all the while, all of us are just in our normal environment doing this. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's really tough for me. I know a lot of people who have like really liked it though. And, and, and they think that, yeah, I think that so much of it has to do with how well that virtual event is put on too. I mean, I think some people just have like this gift of being able to help people feel engaged in a process that to me is just not personally super engaging, but I've been to, to some virtual things that I feel have been very well run. Like they've had DJs and, you know, you're breaking off into Zoom rooms and like that type of thing where you're breaking up the monotony of just being in a Zoom room with like 100 people, um, I think is very different too. you know, there can can be some good stuff that happens there. But no, I agree. There's there's yeah, there's lots of room for making it work. And it's true. Some people have really appreciated it and it's been able to give access to events to Mm -hmm. people without the extra expense of traveling. So definitely don't want to diss the the value of an of an online version there were some there was a one summit that I signed up to earlier this year that I wasn't clear if it was going to be live or if it was pre-recorded mm. and I feel generally I think summits for obvious reasons with the tech setup and all of that tend to be pre-recorded but this particular one, I didn't feel it was very clear in the marketing that it was going to be pre-recorded, And so I get in front of my computer thinking I'm going to watch a live session. And then I realize, oh, hang on a second. This oh, is pre-recorded. yeah. <laughs> have you found, have you found that? Oh um, gosh, that's a, that's a good one. Cause I, am, I definitely think that that should be like incredibly obvious and clearly communicated. Um, I don't think I've personally had that experience, but I could see like, were you disappointed or were you just like, oh, okay. No, this is the thing. It was because immediately I realized it was pre-recorded, and then I looked at the emails and I realized, oh, there'd be a live access to the event for six months. I was like, oh, okay. It was in the evening. I was like, okay, let's things. go have dinner now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, even though I had, to, so maybe, the, well, maybe that's it's, says something about me and you know my scheduling. But um, I thought, oh, okay. There's no pressure to be in front of the screen right now and stay connected and yeah. consume and pay attention and and, and listen in at this time. So, so many considerations, yeah. I suppose. Maybe we'll have to save this for our planning events because, yeah, yeah these are these are the expectations I think that people have, and then if they're not, if the expectations aren't met, um, they might not they might mm-hmm. not stick around, which is not what right. you want them to do. 
Pros and cons, right? I guess it I guess it really just goes mm-hmm. back to knowing your audience if you're the event planner and knowing your goal if you're the attendee. Well, Nicole, this chat has been fun. I think it's really interesting to have these conversations, just hear from other people, because we each, of course, have our own experiences when we're in these settings. And um, I think it's interesting to hear other people's point of view about their experiences and and their likes and dislikes. And it just kind of gets you thinking in a different way. So thanks for sharing. Oh, absolutely. Had Had a great time. Thank you. And friends, as we close out today's chat on conferences and networking, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.